podcasting from CMT. Welcome to Cody Allen's podcast. It's Cody Cast. Hello. Hi. Is this Miss Mentrell? This is Barbara. Is this Cody Allen? This, this is, yes. Hey, thank you so much for calling, Cody. I look forward to our visit. Oh, man, I've been looking forward to it since they told me about this song and sent it to me about a week ago. Um, first of all, I have to tell you, though, I remember Barbara Mandrell and the Mandrell sisters, and correct me if I'm wrong, it was on, was it Saturday nights on NBC? Yeah, absolutely. You bet. Ah, man, so many memories come to mind. I remember the TV and where it was in our my mom and dad's uh, living room <laughs> watching that show as a kid, so... Um, it brings back so many great memories hearing your voice. Well, I'm so glad your folks made you watch it. <laughs> uh, it was a great show. It was really fun. Back when variety shows were kind of a big thing, and I wish we had more of those now. But anyway, let's talk about this song because Sleeping Single in a Double Bed is, again, another, one of the songs we all grew up on, a classic. Um, but now it's got this like crazy EDM dance mix spin on it from Dave Audie and yes. it's like the the last thing I expected Barbara Mandrell to release but I love it oh well, thank you so much I appreciate that well Dave I mean you know he did a wonderful wonderful job and I was kind of I'm being sort of candid I guess by saying this but you know my anticipation was I thought man I wonder what he'll do to it you know <laughs> right 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 yeah Anyway, you know, I, I thought, you know, this is a good song, and yeah. I hope it remains that way. And it just, it was totally uh, beyond uh, mm. what I wanted as far as great. I thought, man, where did he get that? And I love it at the end when it's coming up on, like, repeating and, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, and how's he going to, he was just, um, yeah, yeah, I I give him a standing ovation. He was wonderful. Tell me about the um, the song and how Dave and you got involved with sort of making this remix. One of my dearest friends in life is Clint Hyam, and he's uh, has quite the huge name in the world of <laughs> yeah. country music. I love Clint Very too. Successful. Good guy. Yeah, yeah he's, he's a really really smart guy. He's brilliant, really. And uh, and Clint asked me. He wanted to see. He wanted to see that done. And I said, you're kidding. He said, no. And I said, you know, all right, I trust you. We'll see what happens. And I heard it and I went, man, you're always right. You're, you know, <laughs> but I wanted to tell you before I forget, um, uh, because it means a lot to me. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Kai Fleming and Dennis Morgan wrote the song. Yeah. And um, they were in Tom Collins, who was my producer at that time. They were in his publishing company. And separate writers, they'd never written together before. And and out of the blue, he told them one day, I want you guys to write a song together. And I want you to write it for Barbara Mandrell. Mm. He had just been to visit his parents. I do feel confident that it was his father that was asked. Um, <laughs> all the years they'd been married and, you know, yeah. how, and what do you attribute that to and whatever. And he said his dad said, well... We've just been sleeping double in a single bed. <laughs> and, and, and so Tom thought, you know, there might be something to that. And, that, and so he told that to Kai and Dennis, and they turned it and wrote sleeping single in a double bed. And I thought, <laughs> that, and, and that was their first time to write together. And it was number one. It was number one for three weeks in a row. Wow. And um, anyway, yeah. and they're the ones that in my life, they, I, I attribute so much to them they did so much for me because 
Oh my gosh, they wrote many, many of my songs that were hits, and and I think my favorite one was the one that was the my <laughs> story, of my life. I was country when country wasn't cool. <laughs> I was going to bring that one up because that one still, um, to this day, sounds great coming out of the speakers. And when that song was so big, what was your like the the, the highlight memory of that period? First of all, um, Ty and Dennis. We're talking to me one day at the office and uh, and out of the blue, because I was born in Texas, but I was raised in Southern California uh-huh. and uh, started working when I was 11. And um, so I'm in grade school and I'm working regularly on a television show on Channel 11 called Town Hall Party. Uh-huh. Um, and anyway, they were asking me, what was it like, you know, being in California and doing country music, especially back then, you know? And I said, and I told them stories of like, so I'd come back to school on Monday morning and, and I'd hear, yeehaw, that country music, you know, and just, you know, lots of things, lots of things. I went through all of it, you know, telling them the story of, so I don't remember uh, if it was 24 hours later or 48, but that's how that's how tight the time was that I came back and saw them at the office. They said, uh, can we talk to you a minute? And I said, well, sure. They said, uh, we've written a song for you. We'd like to know what you think. <laughs> and they had taken things I had shared with them of my life and wrote it just, and, and, you know, and I will gladly argue this with you, but at that time there had never been the saying of something, something before it was cool. Never. Right. They did that, not me and not anybody else. <laughs> they did that. And since then, there's been so many. Every time I turn around, I'm hearing something about, yeah, I was on something before. It was cool, you know? Yeah. And uh, so I give, I attribute that to them. But anyway, when I did it, we were doing that show that you were so kind mm-hmm. to mention of, of Barbara Mandrell and the Mandrell Sisters out in California. And uh, Tom said, Okay, I'm going to be bringing uh, that song and whatever else it was out there to to record, and we'll just do it very bare minimum of, you know, maybe like bass and drums and uh, and rhythm guitar. Where you know it won't be much, and then I'll when I get back to Nashville, then we'll, you know, finish it off. Right. So I, whether it matters or not, I'm going to tell you this because yeah. my favorite instrument, my very favorite <laughs> in life, is the bass. Period. Yeah, and um, I used to tell the guys in my band, you know, like, you know, I love you all so much, and you're just <laughs> amazing and so gifted and talented, and I'm with you. But if Charlie, and that was my bass player of twenty some odd years, if, if Charlie falls off the stage or he's gone or something, I'm out of here because <laughs> <laughs> the bass is all that to me. Well, anyway. Yeah. Here I am in California, and I go into the studio. Tom takes me to record these songs, and it was uh, I was country when country wasn't cool. Well, the bass person, whoever he was, didn't show up for the session. <laughs> and so I recorded the talk about bare minimum. Right. Uh, okay, so then Tom takes it back home. And meanwhile, then he says to me, you know the line referring to George Jones and all. He said, yeah. "Wouldn't it be wouldn't it be cool if George would do a, a cameo on it?" And I said, "It would be the best." <laughs> and so he said, "Do you know him?" I said, "Oh yeah," uh, because actually, uh, when I was had just turned thirteen, it was when I did my first tour, and that was on Johnny Cash's tour, yeah. and um, and George Jones was one of his other 
he had Patsy Cline and George Jones and Don Gibson. And I get on a flight to come home. And here's what God did for me. So I get to sit down on the plane. And right behind me in the seat there is George Jones. <laughs> wow. Talk about a blessing. And yeah. so I, you know, after we hugged and kissed and whatever, and I said, I need a favor. And I asked him, he said, sure. So that took place in the studio with Tom, but without me, I was back in California working again. And, uh, and then I'm going to do a live album and Tom wants that one on the album. And so everything I've just told you, it was done in pieces, even the applause. And it was, it was not, <laughs> I did it on the live album. You know, I recorded it, but the, but the actual hit had already oh. happened. And that was canned yeah. applause. Wow. What a great story. Before I uh, move on from the, the great George Jones story, I, I was curious about, you mentioned Johnny Cash, maybe just a couple of sentences about a couple of the greats here. Like Johnny, what you remember, what kind of man he was. And then about Patsy Cline also. I know you, we're friends, and um, just a couple thoughts. Um, well, Patsy, Patsy was, uh, of course, the grown woman that she was, mm -hmm. and, and I had uh, my birthday's December the twenty fifth, and I had just turned thirteen, and this because this was like in January or what you know, and so I was a kid. And long story short, there is she wouldn't allow me to. I had my own room on the tour and stuff, but she wouldn't allow me to stay by myself. She wanted me to stay with her. So I can honestly tell you straight up with all truthfulness, I slept with Patsy Klein. <laughs> That's great. So uh, she was very kind to me yeah. and I did. Uh, she hated her hair that was done at a beauty shop one day. And I said, I do hair. I can comb it. And mm. I did. And she liked it. So I combed it for the rest of the tour for her. Wow. And, um, and, uh, George Jones, I was on Johnny's show, uh, where I was in the positioning of going on. I was just before George Jones and, uh, and with the steel guitar. And also I played sax then too. And, right. and, and, um, I don't, I don't know how to say this. George, he had a lot of his hits, you know, had a lot of steel guitar. Yeah. Johnny's band, you know, the guys, Marshall and Luther, they didn't have, there was no steel guitar and I came off and had encore and all that going on. And George came to me and said, if I do a song and then if I introduce you and bring you back out, would you play, if I give you a list of the songs and the keys and whatever, um, would you back me and kick off and whatever of my uh, songs that I'm going to do for me on the steel? And I said, Oh yeah, of course I'd be honored. So I can also truthfully say I played steel guitar for George Jones on that trip. Wow. And Johnny Cash that you ask about, um, he was funny and he was wonderful. And he was, you know, you've heard stories. I'm sure of even like at the opera, it's like, you could tell he was in the building. He just had this talk about charisma. I mean, it was, it was in the air. It was like electricity. Yeah. But my point is, he was he was quite the gentleman and quite nice and kind and thoughtful to me. And the first time I ever flew was when he and his flew was when he and his manager uh, let me fly with him to start this tour off back, uh, you know, in the Midwest. No. And uh, and uh, and I'm on an airplane and I was just blown away. I have so many good memories of the way people 
they were kind to me. Uh, we have to tell people you're going to release a Greatest Hits on vinyl after all these years on July 10th. I hear you handpicked, of course, the songs yourself. How did you decide what songs would kind of make that project? So many to choose from. I thank you. I like I like variety a lot, and I think there, I think I chose a lot of, you know, with different feel to them and different uh, uh, qualities to add, you know, to the album, and so many good songs. And I can speak freely with that because I did not write them. I was there again, blessed by some great writers that wanted me to record them. You know, I think what makes me the most happy about this is the fact that uh, it will afford the opportunity for maybe fans that don't have to be able to get the product, you yeah. know, that were my fans back when, but also I'm excited that um, lots and lots of people that have never uh, listened to my product might find yeah. it good and might enjoy it. And that, that really, really, um, that excites me and that pleases me because I'm retired now for um, over 20 years. <laughs> yeah and uh and i love because i worked 38 years in my life and so it was nice to uh to just be a wife and mother and hmm. and do things that in my life were not something i got yeah. to do all yeah, the time right. and um and so i'm very happy and, uh, and and thrilled but i also in my whole um my whole life i will never forget never um the way fans treat me and the way they have in my life, all my memories are pretty wonderful. I'll mm -hmm. tell you that for mm -hmm. sure. Well, that's what I think is great about the single is that Sleeping Single and Double Bed will be one. I think it's like a little nibble, hopefully for a lot of people of like the entire collection. So it like introduces you to a whole new generation, I believe. Uh, real quick before you go, I wanted to ask about women in country music because a lot is made of females being played on the radio or being streamed and how record companies treat women these days. And so I just wondered like your thoughts on that. Are we... Uh, digressing, progressing? Are we in a good spot? Is it about the same as it was? Well, I'm flattered that you would want my opinion on it because, as I said, I've been out of the business for a long time. And uh, But when you were in the business, you were a groundbreaking artist, entertainer of the year. People um, need to be reminded in 1980 and 81, I mean, you were A-list plus, plus, plus superstar. Um Looking at it now, you must have an you know, interesting filter on kind of where country music is. Well, I think for, for what it's worth, as an observer and a fan, okay? I, I, I was the performer, entertainer, and now I'm a fan. And that's, you know. <laughs> but uh, my observation is back, as they say, in the day when I was working, yeah. uh, my recollection that first comes to my mind would be Loretta and Dolly and Tammy and I were the first of the women, and, and pardon my bluntness in many areas here, I don't mean it to sound, you know, I'm just shooting it as I remember. <laughs> but we were, we were the first to, um, as individual artists, to headline our own show and have an opening act. I, I can speak for myself here, um, and I'm sure it applies to them too, but um, to have a man as an opening act for me. Right. And the reason I, I'm not making this up and it's not an old joke. It's an old truth, okay? Um, used to be commonly said of, well, yeah, when they're talking to the man and working on um, what his tour is going to be like. And all, well, don't forget, you've got to have you a, a girl singer, you know, a little girl singer. And <laughs> right. that just, oh, that makes my skin crawl. But anyway, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. 
don't get me wrong, I am a huge fan of the male performers. I mean, I'm I'm human, okay? <laughs> I love I love the male performers. But um I think maybe not to the degree, but I think it's also a little bit true nowadays as it used to be. It's still it's easier for the men to get the crowd really cranked up, especially the feminine side of the crowd and the screaming and the, the reception that they get. Um, women get it, but you've got to work yourself to death to get it, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and maybe I just should think of a nicer way to say it, but when I look at the talent of the young female artists and the men too, of course, but the young females that are, that are on the scene now and, and new and, and they're so fresh and they're so, they're, they're, they're bringing, you know, things that are not so old and, and that you've heard before. They're bringing their own stuff. And uh, that's exciting and that's wonderful. And I just don't want to see any of them let down yeah. because they happen to be. I love the fact that of late there's been a lot of push on the women thing and, and girls and women and, and have an all-girls show or have all-female host on a show. Well, great, because they deserve it. They, you know, we all like to be entertained and, and enjoy it. So I think they're still dealing with it to, to some degree. But, uh, but it wasn't easy. It, yeah. And it, it um, you know, it's just I'm very, very grateful looking back to all the good things that, that were done for me. I appreciate that so much. Well, I think it's uh, so well said because so much of what we hear is familiar. It is themes we've heard before, but yet a, that fresh perspective that I think women bring, because they are women, they, they see things a different way. They write things differently and can sing them to us differently. I think that's it always needs to be exposed and people need to hear it. And uh, I, I love the doors are opening more so, I think, now this year. For, for female singers. so Yeah, yeah. And I like the fact that some of them, too, it's like they're not just in one lane. They know they, they are diversified. And, oh. and I know, like, you know, we talk about sleep and single, and, you know, and I was country when country wasn't cool. There was also, like, if loving you is wrong, I don't want to be right. And um, well, I mean, I like the R&B. I mean, yeah. I like diversity, and a lot of our young ladies today are filled with lots and lots of a variety yeah. listen i've taken up a lot of your time already and it's been just an absolute honor and pleasure and if i can ever do anything let me know um, but I'll, I'll be supporting the song and do my best to get the word out about the new project too you are so sweet and kind to me but you've already done something you gave me a great great visit with your listeners and you're great you really are uh, you don't you don't miss a lick thank you very very much i appreciate it thank you so much take care we'll see you, you soon too. okay Thanks for listening to Cody Allen's podcast. This is Cody Cast.